Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Uh, you've heard us talking about Callahan Coffee by now. You're probably sick of hearing it, but too bad. We're super proud of how many returning customers we've got over the last couple of weeks. If you try to yourself and you've seen any of the feedback online, you know it is damn good coffee. Roasted locally in Waltham, Mass. This is a terrific way to not only support the show, but local business. We're also working on expanding the Callahan Coffee lineup. Did you know that, Ironhead? We're expanding the lineup. We'll have some exciting updates to share soon. Go to CallahanCoffee.com to order some today. Again, that's CallahanCoffee.com. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, we've been chronicling uh, for two, a couple of years now, at least a couple of years now, uh, the, uh, the people who've been canceled, people who've been punished for uh, saying the wrong thing, for wrong thing, for thinking the wrong thing. It's perhaps the scariest part about the uh, woke culture we're living through uh, the last couple of years. We've told you about people, I don't think, the uh, Sacramento Kings play-by-play guy got fired for saying all lives matter. Uh, Mike Milbury lost his job for saying nothing, essentially nothing. They just, uh, they, to some people, they just don't like, they just don't want around, so they will uh, fire you because they don't like the way you think. I think we might have the uh, best example of all, although he has not been fired yet. We have an NFL assistant coach fined $100,000 for stating facts, literally stating facts, and doing it, respectfully jack del rio had to hand over one hundred thousand dollars of his money to the washington redskins because the redskins coach ron rivera is a flat-out coward just an absolute pathetic squish who buckled under pressure i guess from the mob and and essentially find jack del rio for saying dust up that's the word that's the noun he used we are now policing nouns saying that's the wrong word for the riots that occurred on January 6th. You must hand me $100,000 of your money. We'll get into that. We'll play you the, the, the crime that uh, Jack Del Rio committed, because I don't think we can appreciate the, the insanity of it all until you hear exactly what Jack Del Rio said. He said over and over again, I want to be respectful. I want to have a dialogue. I want to have a discussion, but Amid that, he used the wrong noun. And, of course, the move was applauded by the NFL and and others. Uh, but there are people out there who don't think it was enough. They think you should be fired for saying the word dust up and saying and, and pointing out that the uh, BLM riots uh, were much worse than the January 6th riot. We have the numbers. We'll go through the numbers and we'll ask the question, is, is, is Jack Del Rio t- telling the truth? How exactly can Jack Del Rio continue to work for this snake Ron Rivera? And I'll just add, I look forward to the end. And one more reason to look forward to the NFL season, watching the Redskins lose. Oh, I'm sorry. The commanders watching the commanders completely self-destruct. They tend to do that, but I'll be enjoying it more than ever this year because this story is just maddening. Uh, We also got the Live Golf Tournament is uh, stirring things up. If you're a sports fan, if you're a golf fan or just a sports fan, I don't don't know how you can't enjoy this. It's just uh, created a whole new dimension to uh, to professional golf. We'll have the we have the comments from PGA Tour Commissioner who had the gall to uh, invoke 9-11 in condemning the um, the Saudi-backed Live Tournament. We get some updates. Man, they are plucking some stars from the PGA Tour. 
the, the, and and to add intrigue to it, there the the players from the Live Tour who've been banned, who've been fired by the PGA Tour, are still eligible to play in the U.S. Open, and they're on their way to Brookline today. Today, Phil Mickelson is scheduled to meet the media. We might have the most interesting golf press conference we've had in years. We'll give you an update, all the latest on the war between the Live Golf Tournament backed by Saudi Arabia and the PGA Tour in bed with China. The the, the hypocrisy of these people is just amazing. Uh, Fox, Fox News has gone all in on the trends trend. There's a report, I, I couldn't believe, you won't believe that it was on Fox News. It was seemed to be even a bit much for NBC or CBS or the New York Times, but they're celebrating a kid, a poor child, who transitioned, who told his parents he wanted to transition from a girl to a boy before he could speak. That's what mom and dad said, before he could speak. We have the best example, and there's plenty of them, of parents using their child in a, as a prop in the... Uh, in uh, in transitioning in in the latest trend to the latest craze, um, Celtics took it on the chin on Friday night. Steph Curry is an amazing player, an amazing player to watch. They're back at San Francisco tonight. We'll give you our your, our predictions and and uh, and Ironheads bets. And I finally watched the Norm McDonald uh, special from the grave. It was okay. It was mildly amusing as Norm McDonald can be, but I want to talk about the post-game show. They they assembled five of the biggest stars, the biggest names, or at least four of the biggest names in comedy, and it was the most amazingly unfunny thing I've ever seen put together. I'll give you my my review of that performance and a lot more on today's Callahan show. Brought to you by Athletic Greens. All right, our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens, is a product I've added to my morning routine, and I use it every day. Instead of taking daily supplements for my nutrition, I use AG1 to get 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start my day right. The founder of Alva Athletic Greens experienced a bunch of gut health issues and he ended up on a complicated supplement routine costing him over a hundred bucks a day. This led him to take his health into his own hands and create Athletic Greens for a more optimal nutrition routine. Ever since I started taking AG1, I've noticed improved energy throughout the day, better sleep and improved recovery after my runs and workouts. All I do is put one scoop in a glass of water each morning. I used to, I drink water all the time in the morning. Now I just add a scoop and I'm good to go. It has a mild and tropical taste and it's much easier than choking down a bunch of vitamins in pill form. And it's way cheaper than the alternatives, costing less than three bucks a day. If you're going to invest in anything, it might as well be your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash jerry. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash g-e-r-r-y to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'd have to say, this Jack Del Rio thing, I was infuriated because we talked about it last week, and I could see this coming. You could see it coming a mile away. But I have this I have this hope. Yeah, I have hope, you know, that the woke craze, the cancel culture craze, the, the madness that we've been living through for the last two and a half, three years since since COVID and then since uh, the insurrection and then Biden takes over. Now we have the intentional destruction of many of the institutions of this country. We see this, uh, you know, the gas price hikes, the Putin price hikes, which are all by design from the Biden regime. It's all in service to the green new deal nuts. We see inflation soaring, stock market crashing all by design. At some point, everyone's going to understand that this is the plan. This is what Biden voters, 81 million of you, this is what you voted for. The pain is the point. But I I do feel like eventually the pendulum has to swing back the other way and people have to be waking up to to the madness. And then something like this Jack Del Rio story happens. If you weren't paying attention last week or over the weekend, Jack Del Rio, assistant coach for the Washington Commanders, 
I'm telling you, I don't think Commanders is going to catch on. I really don't. It's just such a lame name. But it's a lame team. It's a lame organization. It's a loser organization, a loser owner, an absolute loser coach. And Jack Del Rio, is he's a renowned right-wing guy, and he's got balls, I'll say that. This is courage in 2022, a guy who is willing to honestly answer a question. He originally tweeted about, uh, the, you know, the, the, I guess, uh, the January 6th hearings, which aren't really a hearing. It's a political stunt. Uh, it's a hearing, the first congressional hearing ever with only one side of the story with no dissent, with no debate. It's a sham. The ratings have been terrible. It continues today, but, uh, nobody's going to be watching. Nobody watched in prime time. Even fewer people be watching in the middle of the day with so much else going on. But Jack Del Rio, points out, as we pointed out many times, that, that this is crazy, that we're focusing on one riot, absolutely regrettable, a disgrace what happened on January 6th. We've said it over and over again, but it was one riot, three hours long. The only people who died that day were Trump supporters. The only one shot was a Air Force veteran, unarmed Air Force veteran, shot by a corrupt cop who not only didn't get arrested, got a commendation. That's, uh, that's Michael Byrd. But the, the comments Del Rio made, and it was, indic- it, it, was, it was obvious that he knew that you're not allowed to do this. Essentially, you're not allowed to have this opinion. This, you're not allowed to uh, participate in wrong think. He thinks that too much of a big deal is made out of January 6th, and he's right, and not enough is made out of all the BLM riots, which was, I think, the latest count is over 600 BLM riots in the span of two years, mostly in the summer of 2020, they did much more destruction. They killed more people. They ruined more neighborhoods. They, they tore the country apart more than January 6th or January 6th riders could ever hope to do. Um, there's no comparison, but Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll compare it if that's what people want. But if you're going to compare them, you better say January 6th was worse because insurrection and overthrowing democracy, and which is just absurd. Everybody knows it's absurd. Anyone who's paying attention knows how absurd it is that, that the QAnon shaman was going to overthrow democracy with, by the way, no weapons. The first ever unarmed armed insurrection in world history. But there was no threat to democracy. It's just made up stuff for a desperate Democrat party that knows that they're going to get crushed in November and needs to distract people from the uh, all the damage Biden's doing to the, to the economy, the southern border, you name it. Uh, but be, uh, I think Jack Del Rio spoke for a lot of us when he said, and he did it much more respectfully than I would have done, and said, why aren't we asking questions about the, the BM, BLM riots, the Antifa riots that destroyed neighborhoods, that burnt down police stations, that burned that, by the way, attempted to burn the White House, burned a church across the street, uh, forced the president into the bunker because they had the White House surrounded and they were threatening to burn the place down. That was in the BLM riots, which this idiot, Ron Rivera, this this clown coach of the Redskins called peaceful, peaceful protest. That's what uh, Ron Rivera had to say. That's okay. Let's establish one thing before we play the 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 wrong thing from uh, from Jack Del Rio. You're allowed to call protests over 600 riots that caused two billion dollars in damage that injured more than two thousand cops. You can call those peaceful. You can call those mostly peaceful. Or as uh, as uh, Ron Rivera said, uh, attempt to what did he say? Air their grievances. Mostly peaceful. That's okay. You're allowed to call January 6th a white supremacist insurrection, which is absurd. There's no racial element. That's just made up. You're allowed to say that they almost overthrew democracy. Those are those are perfectly acceptable. In fact, those are encouraged. But don't you dare say that the BLM riots were, were violent and worse than January 6th. That will get you fired. That will get you fined. That will get you kicked out of polite society. We are living in an upside down world right now. Black is white. You know, the sky is purple. You know, the up is down. And the BLM riots were mostly peaceful, looking for social justice. Whereas January 6th, a bunch of morons 
with MAGA flags. We're going to overthrow our democracy. Unarmed MAGA morons. We're going to overthrow our democracy just so you get it straight. Just so you know the rules before you speak out publicly if you don't want to get fined or fired or ostracized. But the amazing thing about this Del Rio uh, press conference when he explains his tweet and tells his story is how how conciliatory he is, how uh, how willing he is to have a discussion, to just ask questions. He's not pounding the table and saying, damn it, you know, he's not going all Steve Kerr. He's not crying and saying he's sick of the what's happening in this country. He's just saying, let's have a discussion. I'll talk about how, you know, the BLM riots, how I think they're worse. You tell me your take and we'll, we'll go from there. The, the, the most, the, the worst part of this is it's clear that you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to ask questions, have a debate, have a discussion. You must get in line. You must get in lockstep with a fool like Ron Rivera or, you know, whoever, Ed Reed, Ed Reed, who says $100,000 for wrong think. That's not enough. That's not enough. Jack Del Rio should have been fined more than $100,000 for speaking his mind and saying something you disagree with. But we will play it, and then we'll give you the uh, reaction from this the statement from the Redskins. By the way, there's a lot of people who say Rivera had nothing to do with this. He, you know, he's just a pawn, and the organization and the NFL wrote this statement, but we can take a look at the statement, which is unbelievable. But first, let's listen to the the comments. The the, the let's listen to the outrageous take from an assistant coach for the Washington football team. Just for clarification, why is it not important to you, like if your players are concerned by, by what you'd said? Oh, if they are and, and they want to talk about it, I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem I, at any time. But, uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it. Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. Could, could, uh, uh, okay, this is, un, this should bother every American. It won't because we're, you know, we got two sides here and people want to lie about January 6th and people want to cover up the damage BLM did, especially in sports, because sports right now, sports media, sports franchises, leagues, they're more woke than the news media. You know, the, I, I haven't seen ESPN or Round the Horn or PTI, but I guarantee you, I don't have to see it. I guarantee you they think, uh, you know, Jack Del Rio is a domestic terrorist at this point. And how dare you say what he said? Other than mischaracterizing the riots on January 6th as a dust-up, what, what did he say that could even be construed as controversial? I mean, honestly, saying... This is America. We're allowed to disagree. And then he then he's done with that. And there's all this calls for his head, his job, and everything else. And he gets fined hundred grand. You say, wait, did they just did they just not is is that not the most un-American thing to fine a man, punish a man who said, This is America. Aren't we allowed to disagree? I guess you get your answer, Jack Del Rio, who I believe deleted his Twitter account. Mm. That's the that's the state we're in right now in this country. You, he could have said any lie, and we've heard plenty of lies about January 6th and BLM. He could have said peaceful protests. Oh, it's good it's for social change and social justice, and it's good that it's the uh, voice of the unheard or something. You know, and then you could say BLM was the worst day since you know Pearl Harbor, the worst day since the War of 1812, whatever. And we almost lost our democracy. Those are complete lies, complete fabrications, just total demagoguing. But that's okay. But you say dust up 
and you lose $100,000 and more than that, you know, Jack Del Rio, again, branded, branded with the uh, scarlet letter, uh, I don't know, I for insurrectionist, but <laughs> that this amazes me. This And, and uh, if they find him a million, if they find him 10 million, if they fired him and banned him from the league forever, it wouldn't be enough. That's the problem with trying to placate the mob. It's nothing you could do that will be enough. Here's Ed Reed, Hall of Fame DB, built, you know, DB in more ways than one, and uh, Belichick's, Belichick's favorite opponent. We all know Ed Reed loves Ed Reed. He tweets this. This is remarkable. Today, I'm sick and tired. A dust-up, 100000 is not enough. Money ain't nothing to a person who is recycled through coaching. It's always one. First, it was Saban. Now it's Jack to just remind us what it is, man. If you coached by him, put your pants on. It's simple, right and wrong, wrong. I mean, obviously very articulate guy. I mean, that's, that's a guy who thought it out and typed that man. If you coached by him, put your pants on. It's simple, right and wrong, wrong. Okay. I thought uh, maybe, I don't know what time was that. Maybe he was drunk tweeting, but 100,000 is not enough for a man who said the wrong thing. And I, I I understand people like me and Clay Travis and a few others are tweeting how outrageous this is on, uh, uh, over the weekend, but how can, how can we not, why can't we all agree? This is insane. Why can't we all agree that you're allowed still, even in this country, uh, in the state it's in, in the in the climate that we're in, you're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to say that you, you know, think that the BLM riots have been undercovered. And the whole purpose is to shut up the next guy. The purpose of this is to intimidate the next person. You're not going to change their opinion. You're just going to shut them up. Can you put up uh, the Redskins, I'm sorry, the commander's statement, I guess we're, we're going to attribute it to Ron Rivera, but do you have the statement that they released when they f- uh, fined their coach $100,000? Yeah, one second. How, how, can, how can Del Rio work for this guy? I mean, he, he has to go in there every day and take orders from this clown Rivera who calls, I mean, you want to talk about people miscarriage about lying he's just lying about the riots and he's he doesn't believe it he just knows that the mob will come after him if he doesn't uh, adopt their narrative and i assume the nfl league offices the the, uh, the owners they want this they want you to lie about things and they want you to continue to bow down before the blm mobs and they want you to condemn january 6th which everybody's done i mean i don't know how many times you have to condemn condemn january 6th unless you agree to the absolute fabrication that it's, um, that it's, uh, you know, the worst day for our democracy since nine 11 or since Pearl Harbor. And you agree that they almost, that they almost overthrew our democracy. Unless you agree to that, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You know, this is one of those things as before I read that statement, one of those things that I, I, I think of my, you know, previous, my previous occupation being on the radio. This is a sports story, essentially, right? It's about, well, it's involves sports. I guarantee you on most sports, not just the one that, that I used to work at, at the empty shell of WEI, but most sports radio stations, you are not allowed to talk about this, which is incredible. And I shouldn't say that you're not allowed to have a discussion, right? To quote Jack Del Rio, you're not allowed to have a debate, a discussion. You're not allowed to ask questions. The only way you're allowed to talk about this is if you condemn Del Rio and praise Rivera and lie about the BLM riots and lie about January 6th. That's the state we're in right now. If you're on ESPN, but you're on talk sports, talk radio, that's it. You can talk about it, but just don't you dare tell the truth. Don't you dare have an honest opinion. Uh, How that doesn't frighten everybody in this day and age is beyond me. It really is. It really is a sad day in America. Um, I uh, let me get uh, let me get uh, the, the statement up here because I, I don't know. I don't know if um, 
if Rivera did this himself. I, I don't know if, uh, there we go. There we go. He writes a statement from Ron Rivera, and I'm not sure Rivera's, I'm not sure he did this, but who cares? He's, he's all in. He says he met with Del Rio to express how disappointed he is in the comments. He goes, his comments do not reflect the organization's views and are extremely hurtful to our great community. Okay, keep that in mind. We're going to get to hurtful. As we saw last night in the hearings, okay, most people didn't see that. All right. I, you know, I got to get through this. Let me read it and then, I'll, and then I'll comment because it's just so annoying. It's just so maddening. What happened on the Capitol January 6, 2021 was an act of domestic terrorism. A group of citizens attempted to overturn the results of a free and fair election. And as a result, lives were lost and the Capitol building was damp. Okay. You, you, you're giving me, you're giving me a, um, Rachel Maddow's statement. Can you get Ron Rivera's statement? Oh, this is wrong. Oh, okay. Coach Del Rio. (laughs) Coach Del Rio did apologize. He apologized. Well, I guess you got to do. By the way, I should add here. I just looked this up. Jack Del Rio makes three and a half million dollars as an assistant coach. So he can afford this. And I sometimes I tell people, you know, it's not worth it. But you're making three and a half million dollars as assistant coach. You want to keep your job. I guess you go through the, you know, the obligatory fake apology, which he did. I'm not going to blame him for that. It would have been better if he said, go f- screw yourself, Ron Rivera. Uh, you know, I can, I got money. I got, I'm, I, I want to have some dignity. So I'm going to walk away. He says, uh, Del Rio understands the distinction between the events of that dark day and peaceful protest, which are a hallmark of our democracy. He does have the right to voice his opinion as a citizen. And it most certainly is his constitutional right to do so. However, words have consequences and his words hurt a lot of people in our community. I want to make it clear that our organization will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demanded justice in the wake of the George Floyd murder and the actions of those on January 6th who sought to talk topple our government. This is chilling. I know, I know, I believe Tucker Carlson called it Maoist and fascist. It's all those things. You, he literally types, he literally types that words have consequences and his words hurt a lot of people. We will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demanded justice. Okay, did those who demand justice burn down the police station in Minneapolis? Are those two men justice killed 25 people, including retired police officer David Dorn? Were they the ones who burned the church across from the White House? The ones who forced Trump into the basement? I mean, there's an aerial photograph of D.C. and the George Floyd and the BLM riots, and the whole city is on fire. Were they just demanding justice, Ron Rivera? You're in D.C. You were there. I mean, you saw it, and you're going to claim they were just demanding justice? This thing is Orwellian. This thing is Pravda-like. It is one lie after another. And I know he's pandering. I know he's doing, he's trying to placate the mob. But this should scare everyone that you have, after we've all seen the results, we've all seen the videos, we, we know what happened. We know your side committed $2 billion in damages around this country, destroyed whole neighborhoods. Hell, we've heard from victims People in these neighborhoods who's, you know, the only drugstore in the neighborhood burned to the ground and they're, and they don't know where to go. Were those people just demanding justice? You absolute asshole, Ron Rivera. I find this, this statement so bizarre and so insane and so disturbing. I wish everybody would take the time to read it because this is what we're dealing with. We are dealing with this Orwellian upside down world where one day, one riot on January 6th, where the only people who died were Trump supporters, where the only people who were armed were the Capitol Hill cops. That's somehow worse than 600 riots, mostly in urban neighborhoods, fires, looting, death, destruction. That's just people demanding justice, and they will not tolerate. So Jack Jack Del Rio has an opinion, hell, based on fact, an educated opinion. And his boss says, we won't 
tolerate you equivalent you making the equivalency. God, that, 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 that that's absolutely insane and scary. And I, I I would have more respect for Del Rio if he walked away from this job and this this coach. <laughs> Here we go. We got pictures. This uh, this is uh, um, these are peaceful protests of people demanding justice. Fires burning from coast to coast, death, destruction, cops getting bricks thrown at them, just people getting hurt. That's people demanding justice. I thought we were through with this fairy tale, this myth, but no, Ron Rivera is still buying into it. And he doesn't want to discuss it with Jack Del Rio. He doesn't want to debate. He doesn't want to ask questions. He just wants to go along with the narrative, the BLM narrative and say, did, did I do good? Daniel Snyder, did I do good? Ron, uh, uh, Roger Goodell, did I do? What do you think, Ed Reed? What do you think, you know, Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser and Sarah Spain and Dan Lebetard, Max Kellerman? Am I? Do I do good? I I find him a hundred grand. I took a big steaming one on his head. How'd I do? And they're all gonna pat Ron Rivera on the head and good good job. And we're all supposed to just go along with this lie. It's just. Madness. And today, if you're listening to, you know, sports talk radio or you're watching ESPN, you're going to hear more and more lies, more and more uh, myth making and more and more Maoist fascism from uh, the Washington Redskins coach. They can't lose enough. I'm rooting for the Redskins to lose every game three nothing because, you know, I want Jack Del Rio to do his job and maybe uh, uh, maybe come out of this okay, but I hope they lose every freaking game. Got him, Ron Rivera. You are a freaking coward. Either it's two things: either you're a coward or you're a liar. I mean, you you know what you're saying is a lie. Yeah, I guess you could be both, or maybe you're just not paying attention. Maybe you're just ill-informed. Maybe you're an idiot and you don't know what happened in the summer of 2020. Maybe you don't know what really happened on January 6th that they were going to overturn our democracy. Nobody ever explains to me. How that would have worked, nobody. I watch the coverage. I watch, I read, I listen. Nobody ever says how the QAnon shaman and a couple of other 180 MAGA morons were going to overthrow our democracy. Oh, let me guess. They were going to lynch, lynch Mike Pence right there in front of the Capitol. Just so absurd. that I, how, can, how can anybody say it with a straight face? The, 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 these, these idiots were going to overturn democracy. Uh, but you know, I mean, maybe you were afraid that, uh, you know, some of them would like take a piss on the floor or something or whatever, you know, break, make a mess of Nancy Pelosi's office, but no one ever tells me how you get from there to overthrowing our democracy. And suddenly we're a dictatorship. It's just nuts. But Hey, if you're an, if you're a fool like Ron Rivera, if you're a stooge, you're a BLM stooge like Ron Rivera, you just echo the talking points and, and you'll get people, people praise this and say, isn't that great? And the next, and they'll succeed because the next guy's going to be afraid to say anything. They're going to be afraid to have an opinion. They're going to be afraid to ask questions respectfully. He kept saying it respectfully. He knew what he was doing was dangerous, which is why I give Del Rio credit, but he couldn't have expected, you know, a hundred grand or his job was on the line for having a perfectly, perfectly understandable Opinion backed by facts. I before we move on, I just want to give the quick rundown because I, you know, I've done this before, but uh, I tweeted out the uh, BLM riots versus January sixth. The number of riots there was one on January sixth. There were more than five hundred. I believe there were more than six hundred. If you add them all up, the BLM riots for the most part lasted seven months. The January sixth lasted three hours. There were more than 25 people murdered in the BLM riots. There were zero murdered on January 6th. There were hundreds of small businesses destroyed on uh, BLM riots. Zero businesses destroyed on January 6th. 100 federal buildings damaged during the BLM riots. One on January 6th. Two billion in damages by BLM and Antifa. One and a half million Damaged on January 6th, 2,037 officers injured in the BLM riots, 140 injured on January 6th. Protesters were bailed out immediately by the vice president and others in the January 6th riots. Protesters are still in jail. Many of them, no court date, no bail, still in jail a year and a half later. 
which is frightening. Uh, these the BLM riots were cheered on by the media. The BLM uh, January 6th riots were condemned by the media on both sides. Uh, BLM riots were encouraged nationally by the media, sports figures, athletes, coaches. Everybody condemned January 6th. But you're still not allowed to ask questions, as Jack Del Rio uh, showed us over the weekend. I'd, I'd be curious to hear his honest opinion, but I guess he's not going to say it. And again, you're making three and a half million to be an assistant coach. Maybe you don't think you're going to get another opportunity now that you're, you've been uh, branded, uh, demonized. So you want to keep your job. You want to keep your phony baloney job on this crappy team for this, this stupid coach. But he paid the fine and shut his mouth and deleted his account. But maybe someday when he, when he gets fired, maybe someday he'll speak honestly and openly. I think it's still legal. It's not, not encouraged to do that anymore in this country, but as far as I know, it is still legal, but we will see. All right, uh, let me get to our next sponsor, and then we're going to get to the live golf controversy. Speaking of people who are uh, free to speak their minds, or maybe not, we'll get to the live, and we'll, I, I got to get to this Fox News segment on the little prop, I mean, sorry, the little kid who is uh, transitioning for all the world to see, and his parents are so proud these are the worst parents out there. A lot of bad parents out there, as we see, as we saw over the uh, during this Pride Month, as parents are taking their kids to Drag Queen Story Hour and Pride Parades so they can watch, you know, the drag queens twerk in front of them. We saw a lot of that over the weekend, but no one is worse than parents who are who transitioned their child and did it, uh, in, you know, for 7 million people to see on YouTube. We'll tell you about those disgusting parents, as well as the Celtics and the Norm McDonald special. We'll get to all that. All right, let's talk about Radix. Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs out of Texas. And they're a nationwide leader in the cannabis industry, offering only the very best products. Cannabis is one of the oldest medicines known to man and has been exploding in popularity in recent years with increased use of federally legal CBD and Delta 8 products. No matter what you aim to do with cannabis, Radix is your remedy. Their premium hemp is grown organically in the U.S., and their CBD uses the most advanced technology for maximum effectiveness. If it's on Radix's site, it's better than the rest. Their hottest items are THC gummies. These are a great tasting way to enhance your recreation time, reduce anxiety, increase your appetite, or all of the above. They also carry Sleepy Bears, which are delicious and effective sleep aid gummies infused with melatonin. Another popular item, Delta 8 Vapes, which don't clog like most of the vapes, and they work fantastically. Additional products Radix offers include topicals, edibles, dry herb, and cannabis-enhanced New Tropics. All of their products can be purchased as monthly subscriptions at reduced rates. Get 15% off and free shipping on orders of $35 or above with promo code Jerry at RadixRemedies.com. Check them out and take advantage of the special offer we've secured just for our listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. I, I know you're into Live Golf uh, Ironhead because there's a team called the Ironheads and you can bet on it. Uh, but uh, you, you sent me the link, I think, on Friday, Thursday, Friday, and I watched some of it. It was interesting, I have to say, but because there were no commercials, that helped. And there were different, there's some different rules. They play quicker, I'll say that. They play the whole round of four and a half hours. Charles Schwartzel won the initial event. Four and a half million bucks he made. He made four million for winning. He made 4.7 for three days' work. I think we should stop asking why guys are doing this <laughs> when you're getting, when Dustin Johnson was handed a check for 125 million, when Phil Mickelson, who's got gambling, gambling debts to pay was handed a check for 200 million. Uh, uh, but this upsets, uh, this has upset a lot of people because it is backed by the Saudi government. We know the Saudi government, we know they're awful, evil, theocratic monsters, who kill their opposition, who imprison their opposition, who chop the hands off petty thieves who put homosexuals in prison. Those guys, those guys are financing it. And this upsets a lot of people. We got peak, peak uh, push blowback, I guess. Last night I was reading Hatis Singes. Hatis Singes. You don't know who she is, do you? I don't. 
She is Jamal. She was Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi's fiance. Jamal, Jamal Khashoggi. Jamal Khashoggi was the journalist, not really a journalist, but he wrote for the Washington Post. He was a, a Muslim activist. I believe he worked for the uh, Kuwaiti government. He, they pretended to be a journalist, but uh, they didn't like him. They chopped him up. They killed him on orders from the uh, crown prince. It's what they do. You know, it's what uh, tyrannical dictators do. Um, I give Phil Mickelson credit because when he took the money, he said, these guys are scary, badass mother effers, what they did. Because he spoke the truth and he still took the money. He made the deal with the devil and he admitted it. I mean, other people, they're saying, ah, you know, who knows where it's coming from. The Saudis are paying for it. If you have a problem with the Saudis, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't take their money. But um, why, why is it okay? Um, I'm going to defend them in this regard. Why is it okay to take money from China? China, who has concentration camps full of Muslims, by the way. China, as we know, was hell since Tiananmen Square. They, their, their human rights abuses are endless. They're going to they're gonna, uh, invade Taiwan any minute now. They're going to do it on Biden's watch, that's for sure. China, they're reprehensible. The PGA Tour not only takes money from China, they're in business with China. PGA Tour, this is a seniors a champions event. There's a women's event. There's a PGA-affiliated little mini tour in China. They, they take China money without batting an eye and they're going to sit there and lecture people for taking Saudi money. I mean, is speaking of moral equivalency, what's the difference? Are we going to rate, you know, human rights abusers and say, Oh, the Saudis are worse than China. Well, if they are, why do we provide them in the, uh, why do we provide them with all their weapons? Why is Joe Biden scheduling a trip there to, you know, make amends with the Prince? I mean, the, the kingdom, so that they will sell and sell those, start pumping more oil. If they're so evil, our president should, I mean, our president shouldn't be going there and shaking hands and bowing before the prince, should he? So it is a, you know, murky picture, this, this moral, this moral, uh, I don't know, uh, barometer, this gauge we use and say, Ooh, who's worse? Who's more evil? Should we take their money and not their money? Well, um, I'm not, I'm, I, I know, I know that if I were handed a check for 200 million, I could, I could rationalize it. I'd say, you know, especially if I'd been taking money from China and by the way, other dictatorships around the world, um, PGA tours, a worldwide brand. Are we going to sit there and go through each country and say, they're bad, they're good. They're bad. They're good. And let me remind everyone that our current administration has a whole bunch of political prisoners in DC, as we just mentioned in the previous segment, but the nine, the, a group of 9-11 victims wrote a letter discouraging the players who jumped to the live tour. And I don't know, I, I don't blame 9-11 victims' families for speaking their mind. Uh, unlike, uh, as opposed to uh, Ron Rivera, I still think it's a free country. You're allowed to speak your mind. You're allowed to talk, uh, the, to say your piece. And they weren't happy that they're taking money from Saudi, the Saudi government, as we know, 15 of the 19 hijackers on 9-11 were Saudis. We know the Saudis were hustled out of the country while they, while the airspace was closed by the Bush administration. Um, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. This must, it must suck to see anyone elevate or, uh, or, or legitimize the Saudis if you're a victim of 9-11. But when Jay Monahan, the PGA commissioner does it, it's a little tawdry. The PGA commissioner who is in bed with China. Again, China has, has the Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps. And, and by the way, let's keep this in mind too. Nike, their crap is made in these. Uh, we know Nike was one of the companies, Nike, Apple, a, a couple other prominent U.S. corporations. Uh, their stuff is made by slave labor in China, which is why... Even a guy like Corey, a guy like Rory McIlroy, who won yesterday, great tournament, the Canadian Open, great tournament. Beat Justin Thomas, beat Tony Finau. It was an excellent tournament. It was better than the live tournament, put it that way. But they're all proudly wearing their Nike swoosh. Maybe that hat was made by slaves in China. And you're going to lecture, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Reed, because he's going to take the money from the Saudis. Uh, 
I still think, um, uh, I, I, I think, I think it's a lot to ask for someone to say, no, that, I don't like where that money's coming from. Let me just stay and make like one tenth of the money that, that the Saudis are paying from a, a group that takes money from China. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend the live guys. And I like the competition. I like the pressure placed on the PGA tour. They were getting complacent. They didn't have any competition. Now they do, which is why I like when things like the USFL pop up the pressure, the NFL, maybe the players weren't getting what they deserved and now they are. So, and uh, to put it, their money into perspective, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. Uh, Saddam Kawakanjana came in 46th place at the Live Tournament, made $124,000. No, really? Yeah. I, uh, uh, that's out of 48. There's only 48 players in the field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> T18, Doug Gim, Patrick Rogers, Scotty Scheffler made $123,000 coming in 18th place. Um, if you're... Like they just plucked two of the biggest draws. They're not the best players, at least not now. But Bryson DeChambeau and and Ricky Fowler, we believe, are making the leap. That's huge. Those guys are fan favorites. People show up by tickets to see Ricky Fowler. I've seen it down in Connecticut. We used to do the broadcast from the tournament in Connecticut, the Travelers, and there'd be groups of kids dressed like Ricky Fowler, mm. just following him around the course. He's not that good a player. He's not one no majors. And we don't have the number yet on what they're paying him, but I'm going to guess it's probably upwards of a hundred million. And he's not that good. He's not like going to win the U S open or win the next masters. He's just going to make, I mean, isn't that what you start out saying? I want to make money. I want to make a living. I want to take care of my family. Well, here you go. If you're DeChambeau, you say, I'll do this for a couple of years. I'll make a couple hundred million. And then I'll come back to the tour and I'll play the majors, except for the PGA. You get to play the majors. You get to play in the U S open. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that a professional golfer is going to say, I can't take that money. The Saudis are bad. When you know that, what, you know, what, what the PGA tour, who they've taken money from, you know, there is no, there's really no morals test for this money that they're paying you. The PGA tour, as you pointed out, had the best answer for this. They had a great tournament with three or four great players in contention. They had Justin Rose shooting a 60. They had uh, Rory McIlroy, who's a huge star, winning back-to-back Canadian Opens. It was very exciting, very good golf by great players. Here's what Jay Monahan should have done, said, there's there's our guy. There's our there's our product. You just saw it. It's better. It's better. They, they can't touch us. But that wasn't good enough. He had to invoke 9-11, so... Let's uh, let's listen to Jay Monahan with Jim Nance, who who pressed him pretty good, and uh, it was worthwhile interview. But tell me, this guy isn't just an arrogant, you know, uh, uh, egomaniac who thinks you know we're the PGA Tour. We don't, you can't compete with us. Well, they are. They are competing with you, and they are taking away some of your best players. So uh, you're just gonna have to try to keep up, Jay Monahan. I'm going to ask about this. There was a story that was first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. Um, 9-11 families united sent a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States, end quote. And that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting and I've and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually. Uh, for a long period of time and I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications and as it relates to the families of 9-11 I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones and so my heart goes out to them and I would ask you know any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA tour? 
That is despicable. It really is. I mean, uh, I gave Jim Nance credit. I should have followed up with, what about all the money you take from China? They have concentration camps. Should, uh, yeah, you should apologize. Yes, yes. I don't think Phil Mickelson today is going to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I'm broke. I need the money. Or Dustin Johnson's going to say, you expect me to turn down 125 million? They play eight tournaments, three days each. I mean, they're just handing these guys millions, tens of millions on, and and we're supposed to say, no, just turn it down because 9-11. Well, if you did, I would, I'd, I'd give you credit. I'd say that's a moral, that's a moral stand that's commendable. But again, you're going to come back to the PGA Tour, wear your Nike swoosh, and say, can't wait to play in Shanghai someday. Just like the, the, the LPGA Tour, the champions. I can't wait to go over there and bring the game to China. And what about, uh, the? I know, I know we talk about this all the time, the NBA's in bed with China. The NBA, Hollywood's in bed with China. They change movie scripts so as not to offend China. They, the NBA is playing games in the UAE where homosexuality, I believe, is punishable by death. There's just such hypocrisy out there. Is that Patrick Reeds? We just, is he announcing that he's jumping to the live tour too? He joined, uh, DeChambeau joined, um, and Ricky Fowler's uh, the other big one, like you said. Wow. That is huge. I, I wish they were on TV. I don't like watching, you know, the thing on my phone or even my laptop. Uh, but you know what? It puts the pressure on the PGA Tour. They got to be better. You know, maybe they have to pay more. Maybe they have to give a, you know, do something to make it more enticing, keep guys from leaving. But that's, that's competition, and that's the way it is. And we'll see this weekend how the fans here in Boston take to the uh, apostates. Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau and the rest, but uh, it sure is intriguing. All right, what do I have for uh, for spots here? Shea. Oh, do I? That's all I got left is Shea. Good. I'll get to Shea. Let's do Shea, and then we're going to get to this Fox News segment, and then we'll we'll wrap it up with some Celtics and some Norm McDonald talk. God, what a disappointment that was. Not Norm, not Norm, the friends of Norm, but I will explain. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need any podcasters? <laughs> and all we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And you'll we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. I, I think we should play. I want to play the introduction to this segment. We know that the trans, we've said it many times. Hell, I'm sitting here because the trans mob is vicious, is ruthless, is is not looking for acceptance. They're looking for celebration. They're looking for submission. You must bow down before this trans mob. And there are a few people that are fighting back. You know, we've talked about what is a woman, the, uh, the terrific documentary by Matt Walsh, which I finally got to see. And uh, it's excellent. And it's not just, uh, and, and the beauty of it is it's, it's pushing back. It's a rare voice pushing back against this madness of children transitioning of little kids uh, deciding, you know, that they are boy trapped in a girl's body and worse yet, going on puberty blockers or, 
or uh, uh, top surgeries and uh, just disturbing people, kids that, you know, still believe in Santa Claus, deciding that they're in the wrong body and their parents encouraging them to change their gender. It's absolute madness. And I think it got to a reached a new level on Friday when Fox news. And I I'm telling you, I watched this thing and then I went back and watched again. I said, this can't be right. This is a mistake, but this is Fox news celebrating a kid who transitioned. And I want you to, to listen closely because you know, the parents said it's all the kid Ryland, their uh, daughter turned son. This is about the parents. This is the parents. There's the parents doing this, boasting, bragging, showing their child off, saying, look at, look at my kid transitioning. Isn't he wonderful? They're pushing this on YouTube. They wrote a book. They're making money off this. And this poor child is now 14 and has been going through this for nine years. And I, my heart breaks for this kid. This kid is never, this, this girl is never going to have a, a normal life with these awful parents. But uh, let's listen and, Tell me, we haven't reached a new uh, peak trans know, madness because this is uh, Dana Perino introducing the segment on Fox. Go ahead. Pride Month continues as we highlight the story of Rylan Whittington, whose journey of transitioning at age five has been seen by seven million people in a family YouTube video. Brian Yenis has a story about that family that hopes their experience can help others. Watch here. If you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't think anything different. 14-year-old Ryland Whittington is a typical Southern California teenager. And the Whittingtons, along with mom Hillary, dad Jeff, and sister Brinley, are a typical family. The only difference, though, in Ryland's eyes, is what this family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. We put our story out there so people could see that like there's another family out there that is going through what we're going through or there's another family who's proud of who they are. Before Ryland could even speak, he managed to tell his parents that he is a boy. I could just see oh, it. It, it wasn't oh, 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 stop right there. Right there. This is just insanity. Before Ryland could speak, she was telling mom and dad that she was a boy before she could speak and mom and dad, what do they do? They begin the journey right there while the kid is five. I'm, I'm sorry for, for uh, those new, new listeners out in our audience. Um, I lost my job because I talked about a four-year-old who was transitioning. And I, I said, the parents are nuts. This, there was a mother uh, here in Massachusetts who was proudly showing off her prop. I mean, her child for the Boston globe saying, in this wonderful, a four-year-old, this is a five-year-old who, who was transitioning before she could speak. And before long, little Rylan was on YouTube. Mom and dad wrote a book in 2014. That's eight years ago. The kid's 14 and the kid was six. And they were writing a book about transitioning their kid. This is not just some, again, you're an adult. You can do what you want. You could have all well, this surgery. Just don't make us pay for it. You can call yourself whatever you want. Change your name, wear, wear whatever clothes you want. When you're five, this is not your call. This is mom and dad. Five-year-olds can't make this decision. The, the idea, I mean, five, five. You have a six-year-old iron head. Can you imagine your six-year-old saying, dad, I think I'm a, I'm, I'm trapped in the wrong body. And you're going to say, okay, let's get a YouTube channel up and I'm going to start taking notes here and get the camera ready. How do you, we're going to chronicle every step of the way, but we're all going to transition together. I, I you know, you want to do this fine, but we're not going to play along. Fox news is playing along Fox news and Dana Perino are going along with us and saying, isn't this lovely? There's such a great example for families out there that they take their five-year-old daughter you know, cut her hair, put her in boys clothes and say, what? she's our son now. And we're supposed to not accept that. We're supposed to celebrate it. We're supposed to say, let's all wave the flag literally and celebrate this boy who's really a girl. And it's just, aren't these parents wonderful? These people are insane. This, this is just, this is narcissism on the part of mom here, but let's listen to a little bit more from the, uh, 
from Rylan's family? Be a brat, it was like painful. It was truly painful for him to have to wear feminine clothing and, and for us constantly telling him that you're a girl. And unlike some trans kids, when Ryland came out at age five, a few years later, he had the full support of his parents. Initially, there was some pushback from us in yeah. trying to understand this. We were confused like most people are. We thought that gender and sexuality were the same thing. It took us a while to figure <laughs> out that those two things are different and that children actually do recognize their gender identity very young. Some of them, not all. But they listened to Ryland and to Hillary's conservative faith. For me, it's just a deep spiritual belief that you believe in God and he, you know, created us the way he wanted us. Well, then, yes, he created Ryland just the way he is. And right, they right, listened to families. Good, right. Good point. He created Ryland just the way he is. A, a girl. <laughs> well, oh, God made a mistake on that one. Is that what you're saying, ma'am? He messes God up from time mistake. to time. This poor kid, this poor child. You know, I, and I'm sure they put her on put her on drugs and have her seeing these crazy shrinks. But by the way, in the, in the Matt Walsh movie, you get to meet the people who encourage the parents, who persuade the parents to go down this road. It is insane. It is frightening. Uh, and, and this poor kid, Ryland doesn't stand a chance. Uh, it's, it's, and, and they'll fall, they fall back on that old line of I'd rather have a, what is it? A living son than a dead daughter. Like it, the, the, the kid's going to kill himself a five-year-old, if you don't change the way she dresses and, and change her name and change her hair, that she's going to kill. She was five. And they said, we constantly told her she was a girl. Who the hell do you tell your kid constantly? You're a boy or you're a girl. I don't remember ever telling my kid constantly, you know, you're a girl. I mean, you're just a girl. <laughs> That's what you are. You don't sit there and say, we're going to find some crazy Southern California shrink that's going to convince you that you're in the wrong body. Then we're going to get you on drugs. Then we're going to get you. <sighs> yeah, just, just crazy. We are living in crazy, crazy times. All right, quickly, let's get the bets for tonight. Let's get the bets in, Ironhead. I know that's what you're doing. You're not even paying attention. You're looking at the, the odds and the numbers, the stats. Um, I've said, I've changed my mind. I, I said the Celtics are winning six. I'll go back to, I'll go back to saying seven. It's just, just Steph Curry is just an amazing player on a absolute crusade right now to win his first NBA finals MVP and win another title without Kevin Durant, just go out there and, and just will him his team to victory. What an amazing performance he put on Friday night. He's home. I can't help but think he's going to do it again at home. Celtics come back and win. They go to Golden State for game seven, which will be awesome. I think whoever wins tonight wins the series. That's deep. That's deep. So tonight Golden State wins and then Celtics win and then Golden State wins again. Maybe. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained. The other night it was just an amazing performance. The best shooter I've ever seen. Uh, who just was hitting shots that you're just not supposed to hit. The Celtics and are also playing so friggin' sloppy. If they if they I, get down, they have to win the next two. I don't see it happening. And I know I've said, you know, obviously he's uh Curry's the best player out there, but but Jason Tatum's the second best, and he's gonna they're gonna need a big game out of him, and you know, they're gonna have to hit those threes. They hit they did for a while the other night. I thought they were gonna win run away with it because they were hot from outside. But uh, it'll be intense tonight. I'm looking forward to it. And I think uh, I think the uh, Warriors win tonight, sending it back to Boston. Then we'll be all set up for Game 7, by the way, which I think is on Sunday, the last day of the U.S. Open here in Boston. Uh, that'll be wild. The final day of the U.S. Open, the Celtics in Game 7. I assume the Red Sox are playing. I don't even know. I don't care. But uh, this Thursday is a wild day. The Celtics at home. And the U.S. Open right down the street, 35,000 people showing up. So it's a big weekend in Boston sports. Quickly, let's get to this Norm McDonald special. But you haven't even seen the whole thing yet. Are you telling me you you pressured me to get to see? I wanted to see it, but I got to see it. It's If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's just Norm McDonald by himself at home like this, podcasting, doing like his the last material because he was going in the hospital for a procedure, wanted to get this done he didn't it, it went well he didn't die after doing this it was like a year later more than a year later that they uncovered the sound or this 
this uh, routine. It was funny. It was quirky. It was weird. It was norm. There were a couple laughs. There were a couple eye rolls. Wasn't his best stuff. I'd give it a, I don't know, C plus, B minus. Uh, but the thing that was weird, that was strange was I was looking forward to this and I don't tell me if you agree or disagree. They tell me they got the post game show. They got five friends of norm sitting down talking about norm and it's David Letterman, Dave Chappelle, David Spade, uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Molly Shannon, who was totally out of place, who said nothing and was like there. Cause she's a woman. I think they needed to find a female, but SNL, they put, they put these five people together. And I'm saying, they're going to tell Norm stories. They're going to tell SNL stories. You know, like, those are the greatest. When you ever hear them talk about, like, uh, Chris Farley, you know, behind the scenes, they're hysterical. So I say, I almost went to bed at the, at the end of Norm's thing, where he signs off and uh, does the and says, I'm done. And you realize that's the last new material you're ever going to hear from Norm. And then I see these five people. I say, I'll check this out. It was unbelievably bad. There was no laughs. There was no laughs. You have Adam Sandler and and Dave Chappelle and David Spade talking about, I don't care what they were talking about. The guy who was, you know, whatever, the, the, the Uber driver who drove him over to the studio. I thought they'd come up with some laughs and they were telling norm stories and it was flat and it was disjointed and they weren't like laughing at each other and they didn't know who was supposed to talk. I assume they flew all these people into somewhere into New York or wherever or LA, I don't know. And put them up and said, Hey, let's go free wheel it, wing it. Let's talk about norm. Did, did, did they get a laugh? Maybe, maybe one little chuckle about his gambling. Norm was a big gambler. But they literally were, it was like somber. I understand Norm's dead, but he's been dead for a while. And the whole point when you're a comedian is to laugh at these moments and make everyone laugh along with you. It was terrible, but uh, I'll, you know, maybe people can check it out and tell me I'm wrong, but uh, I don't even know what Letterman is there for. It's like old man, this old man. Chappelle was doing his own thing. He wasn't even conversing with the SNL crew. He was like rambling about things that Norm did for him. It was weird. It was off. It was, it wasn't funny. It didn't work. You know, it felt like they should have said, take two guys, you know, have a few drinks, you know, smoke a, smoke a joint, you know, let's, let's, let's have some laughs. It's Norm McDonald. What the hell? But anyway, I would give Ricky Gervais's Netflix special much higher marks than uh, Norm McDonald's. Unfortunately, Norm is no longer with us. This was a strange, strange thing. I don't think I've ever seen, just a comedian by himself in his basement do his whole routine. But I guess uh, it, it was unique because he is uh, no longer with us. And that's the last we'll see of Norm. But you don't even watch the, the post game show. And I'm like 30 minutes into it. It's, it's hard. It's, I don't know. It's weird to watch. I don't, I don't like it. It's, it is weird and it's too bad that he's gone. And uh, like I always say, we used to do this thing on the radio when a comedian would die, like Chris Farley would die, whatever would say, Phil Hartman would say, who would you replace him with if you could? And it'd be like, oh, you know, Carrot Top or <laughs> Robert Klein. And people would call. I would replace Norm MacDonald with any of the guys who came after him, except maybe Chappelle. He's got a lot more to say. And I mean, I like David Spade and Adam Sandler, but uh, Norm, was, Norm was great and we'll never hear from him again. It's too bad, but... Anyway, we will leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening and commenting. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Well, the tide is turning in Massachusetts after years of watching Democrats raise taxes, hinder local businesses, silence the voices of parents, and disrespect the police. The people have had enough. Go to MassGOP.org to learn more, get involved, or make a contribution.